Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to your Sunday night with Speed City. This is John Massengale, and I am in the studio in Austin, Texas, and I have my friend and partner Jonathan Green across from me. Mr. Green, how are you on this Sunday night? If I was any better, it would hurt. <laughs> well, grab Whoa, a... no! Gra- oh, <laughs> that too. Uh, grab a cup of coffee, grab something comfy, and sit down and enjoy some motorsport talks. We got fun stuff to talk about tonight. We do have a guest as well, but we're going to talk a lot of Formula One tonight. Uh, but our guest is in the Junior Series, and we have some very interesting news that I didn't know until about 10 minutes ago, Jonathan, about super license points, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. They've, there's been a pretty amazing change in one of the series in the amount of super license points, at least one that I know of, so we're going to talk about that. And it is hugely significant because it is my favorite series, the Toyota Racing Series. There you go. So we're going to talk about that, and we've got we got lots of Formula One stories, including the crazy, silly season uh, team principal edition, and I've built a spreadsheet for that. Of course you have. <laughs> So, because I couldn't keep Nerd up with alert. it. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that, and uh, but in fact, let's start there. But there's plenty to talk about, so settle in. Let Jonathan. This was pretty crazy because we had. Well, it was like dominoes, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. As soon as Ferrari announced that Bonotto was gone and that um, that he was being replaced by Vasseur, everything started to fall. But we had four team principals fall out of ten teams in. And how many days? Just to, I mean, it was crazy. So, so anyway, the, it started with Bonotto. And, I mean, look, we, we've all seen this with Ferrari. I'm sitting here looking at this spreadsheet that I built. And, you know, Jean Todd, 93 to 2007, a nice long run. But after that, we really, Domenicali had a six-year run. Um, Arriva Bene went Arriva Derche after only three years. Oh, very good. And, uh, and Bonotto, what, three years. So, I mean, it's... It's the typical Ferrari thing. Uh, that has been the inherent problem of Ferrari. Um, they have the mark, they have the money, they have the wherewithal and the history to do anything in motorsport. And they have done everything in motorsport, from win Le Mans to win you yeah. know, you know, any, anything that they put their hand to, they can turn their hand to. And remember, they are purely in the business of create of going racing to show off their very, very elite brand called Ferrari Sports Cars. And, and so it is the most pure motor racing team. That's true. Unless you look at Aston Martin in a similar way. Because yeah. Aston Martin, I mean, and there have been others from Bentley and all the rest of it. But in t- terms of since 1950, when Grand Prix began, Ferrari have been a constant member, uh, the most impressive member, and therefore, and also the, the biggest earner uh, from Formula One. Um, but they are the purest. They are, you know, Race on Sunday, we win, you buy a Ferrari. And you're only going to buy one because they're very expensive. Mm. So I saw, I started thinking about this. I thought, you know, <laughs> Vasura, you have to take it, right? You have to take the Ferrari job. But yeah. but, but the other the downside is, is that if you, if you don't have, if you don't win the championship, you're at risk of losing your job and then you're out. I mean, where do you go from there, I guess? I mean, I, <laughs> It I, j- just seems like it could be a really a career killer. Yeah. I mean, you know, here's the thing. Frederick Vasseur is from France. And if I know one thing about politics in France, it's not different than it is in America and, and, and in Britain. The, the French know how to play politics. They don't necessarily fit well with uh, the Italian politics. And I don't think – I think he will be met with um, a sort of non-Italian 
wall, if you will, i.e. an Italian wall that says you're not, you're not Italian. Um, but that was the same with Jean Tor, um, and it was the same with Ross Braun. Um, but their influences had huge uh, influence on Ferrari, and frankly, they say Ferrari. So let's hope they look at Frederick this way. He's been very successful at, Alf- uh, at Alfa uh, Romeo, um, and also they've been a partner for, 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 with Ferrari, therefore. So he has a lot of tentacles. They know him. He has demonstrated using their engines how successful he could be uh, and got the likes of Raikkonen on board and, you know, uh, and so on. And, you know, in what was a few years ago, a sort of failing team is now, you know, knocking on the door of midterm. So he's been a successful team manager. He now needs to bring that with him to Ferrari and be stubbornly French and say, my way. We're doing it, it this sound, way. It sounds like you uh, think he's got a shot at being successful there. Yes, I do, because all the, all the ingredients are there. Bonotto, I mean, if you remember, if we only go back a few weeks, we were looking at the, the runners-up in the championship, i.e. Charles Leclerc, and saying, you know, yeah, it was a season that went horribly wrong for them, certainly for Charles, um, but they weren't that far off, um, and they made mistakes, and we criticize them for those mistakes, but they had a car and an engine and two drivers all capable of winning on any given Sunday. So the real job is not to reinvent the wheel at Ferrari and start bringing in all your mates and all that kind of stuff. It's to go there and be a strong leader and make sure the, excuse my French, mess ups, <laughs> but uh, le, le merde that was created um, is not created again. And, that, and, and he's been doing that. You know, if you come from a smaller, smaller team, ask Gunter Steiner. Look at their pit stops. They don't make mistakes like that. That's how they got that pole position, did Haas. You know, smaller teams work almost harder than the bigger teams because those are the, those little tiny increments of, of, of whether it be a pit stop or whether it be having a part ready or a nose cone ready or strategy. Um, these are the ways that Ferrari have let themselves down. And if we saw during the series, uh, during the season, Charles Leclerc was making calls to the team and then arguing about those calls mm-hmm. and saying, why are you doing this? Yeah. So, you know, I don't, well, yeah, I, I do. I, I mean, I would I certainly think, give him, I, I mean, think he's the right guy for the job. Yeah. Well, he, like you said, he's going to walk in and have all the pieces in place. So that's going to be very interesting. All right. So what else? What are the dominoes fall? We saw... Uh, McLaren, Andrea Seidel is now moving over to Alfa Romeo, but not as team principal, as CEO. And I, I think that's important. Yes, yes. And I, I mean, I think that's a I think that's a loss for McLaren. I have to count that as a loss for McLaren. Well, I, I, and Stella is stepping up. Yes, and that 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 is important in two ways. McLaren are also on an upward spiral, and and it's a big loss to to lose Sadel because, of course, he yeah. came from Port Porsche. He had done his, uh, if you like, his accolade was coming from sports car racing, um, where he'd been massively successful uh, for Porsche, winning in WEC with them. And so he brought those skills to McLaren and look what they've done in the last five years under his tutelage. So he is a very you know, capable guy. And I think um, that's a, a good move on his part. But also the fact that they're making him managing director, which means he's not just going from principal to principal. He's actually becoming a role that perhaps is more needed. And I am one of those people that believes. Point, yeah. I, I do think with 24 races, you can't be running a business and running a race team. Mm-hmm. It takes two people because there's a lot that goes on of a weekend that, I mean, let's face it, you, you've been to these paddocks, you've been to Miami and, and so on. You know, the business of Formula One gets take, 
takes place between Thursday and Sunday yep. of the race weekend, wherever you are in the world. So if you're trying to get sponsorship, you're trying to do deals, you need the CEO there sitting in hospitality, taking meetings. Right. And leaving a strategic hole in the team. Correct. So, and having then yeah. a team principal that deals with, right, what are we going to do Friday morning? What's the, what's the procedure? I wish we had Dave O'Neill on today because he could explain it better. But, you know, yeah. I think he would agree with that uh, assumption. And, and to a certain extent, look at Haas. Um, you know, Gene Haas is the CEO. Gunter runs the team. And Gene doesn't bother Gunter and Gunter gets on with it. And they're on the phone, you know, effing and blinding whether it's good or bad. But that, that, that to me seems the way to go. Uh, and at any time a CEO is also the team principal, uh, I think those days are gone. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a business, a massive business that needs a very good CEO. Um, you know, and, and that's why Zach Brown doesn't run McLaren. He's the CEO mm -hmm. of McLaren. They're um, too big. The operations are operation. too big now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that you know. just made you host. All right. So let's look down here a little bit. So with... So well, you've only got to one musical chair or two musical well, chairs. Yeah, well, we did talk about Williams, how they they haven't assigned a new team principal, but they did. Pito is out, though. Right. And is Pito's he out, out of Formula One, do we know? Uh, I think so. I think so, too. That's funny. How come I don't know that? But Well, because there's no, there's no press about it. Yeah, well, so if you're Williams, what do you, if you're Doralton Capital, who do you put in? Um, I might look within. I might look to somebody like a Rob Schmedley um, or some somebody who's been, um, you know, in a, in a key position in a team but is ready to step up. I wouldn't be looking for the Paddy Lowe's of this world. You know, uh, I, I, I think the business of Formula One and Formula One itself is changing fast. And I think you need young blood and you need good uh, ideas and you need to prom promote, promote from within. Unless there were a figure, and maybe, I, I mean, I don't know enough about it, but unless there was a figure like a Sedell in WEC working currently for one of the teams um, mm -hmm. in sports car racing or IMSA, uh, I noticed that McLaren have just changed their uh, head in IndyCar. You know, there, there are a lot of talented people yeah. uh, around the world who could come from Rally, could come from Indy, could come from... Uh, Formula E, for example. And um, also, you could come from outside. You know, a lot of lot of entities, a lot of teams and other sports and other businesses like to bring in people from completely different. And I know that's happened in motorsports. I'm trying to think of some examples. Um, but, I, but that could happen, too. You could bring somebody in from, you know, a really big corporate. You well, know? I mean, yeah. I mean, Williams could. I mean, let's face it. Darlton Capital, they're, they're, <laughs> I mean, they're an investment company. So you could bring in a blue chip businessman uh, yep. to run. The That's exactly Darlton, what I'm saying. To yeah. run the team, um, which was run, let's face it, by first Frank Williams and then you know uh, Claire Williams and and then Patrick, you know, and Patrick had in between there. But what you could do is you could get a forty plus. Very, very good team manager that's been an engineer or has been, you know, the head of uh, an aerodynamics team or whatever it might be, has had a, a big role within Formula One. It may not be from Williams. It could be from another team. Um, you, may, you may, you know, poach somebody from Aston Martin for all I know. But my point is you put him in and then above him, you maybe, maybe put somebody who, who speaks the corporate language yeah. of Doralton and helps move that business forward. Yeah. Because well, Williams need it bad. Yeah, they I do. I mean, if ever it's there was not... a need for a CEO and a team principal. And I think Capito was a bit of both. Mm -hmm. And it is a shame thinking about Logan Sargent stepping into an organization that's, 
I was going to say disarray. That's not the right word. They're just, you know, they're, they're not very ah, There's no good. good time, is there? You know, that's the problem. And, and yeah. you've got to look at seriously. I, I've said this to anybody who's asked, which is, you know, how good could Sargent be? I, I say don't look at what, what he finishes with. That You may as well be comparing him to Latifi, and that's not fair. What you could do is look at what he does against Alban. Yeah. That's all you like, can compare yeah. it to. Because yeah. both of the, cause the Williams aren't going to suddenly jump up to the midfield. This 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 season, they're going to be there or thereabouts. They may score some, you know, surprising uh, results. They may get some points. But the only way to really judge uh, Sergeant is to put him up against a guy in the same car and a guy who's been to Red Bull and been to Williams and has had a season out and you know is obviously worthy of an F1 seat. And that's the that's to me my benchmark. Yeah. So I'll look at testing and say, okay, how many tenths is Sergeant off? And I looked at Abu Dhabi, and he wasn't far off at all. No, he was very. He was two tenths off, if I recall. Right. So there you go. Uh, we got a couple of listeners on uh, YouTube. Andy P says the 2022 season just keeps on giving. Team principal <laughs> mer- merry-go-round, indeed. Uh, he says Seidel wasn't ever going to be able to move up at McLaren. At Sauber, he gets to be a czar type figure. I like that. So while that stings, the rest of the McLaren structure is still there. And he is a big fan. Hey, Mike Moles, he's saying hey. All right, let's 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 go to break. And when we come back, our guest has joined us. We're Yay. going to talk to a young race car driver. You're listening to Sunday Night with Speed City. Back after these messages. Hey, can you come in here, Case? All right, we're still live on YouTube. And we've had some folks over the last year say, who is that guy behind the glass? They're saying, There's, who's that? Because they see through the smoky glass, and that's our producer, Casey. Casey, the man, the myth, the, the, the legend. He, and, he does uh, exist. And we do have a tradition at Speed City. Every year we give a Christmas present, present. to our... Ho, 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 ho. Happy a, Christmas, Casey. And it's a pair. And it comes with a jacket, and you just you, you, you wear them both sides of your jacket. Yeah. And then you can scare little old ladies in the street. I, I saw the JBLs. They had them on a great deal, and I said, that's got Casey's name That looks fun. Over. That looks like uh, fun. This should annoy my neighbors yeah, this, this should, I should get some of those. Uh, you're welcome, Mr. You Casey. Go, Thank you very much. Max Godfrey on YouTube says, pumped for Sergeant? Yes, Max, we are. And Max, you know, we're also pumped for Andretti. La- last, ah, week, yeah. last week, I said well, it on the show, about- and, I, and I, I just had a two-minute blurb about it on the show. All right, here, we're coming back from the break, and we'll, we'll, we'll continue with that theme. Well, let's talk a little bit about Sergeant and those expectations again. Well, we got our guest coming in, and we'll okay. get to all that. We'll ask him we'll what get he his thinks. opinion. Yep. <laughs> Hello to everyone. This is Gunter Steiner. This is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. All right, welcome back to your Sunday night with Speed City. We're very excited to welcome our guest to the show. He's a very, very fast young race car driver, and he is just one. He just won the USF Junior Championship at Coda here not long ago. We want to welcome to the show, Mac Clark. Mac, welcome to Speed City. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on. How are we doing tonight? Uh, we're doing good, man. How are you doing? You look like you got a hell of a rig there. <laughs> it's like kind of the only place I have a nice webcam. Huh? So, I, you know, I do my business calls, my, my Zoom yeah. meetings, my interviews from, from here. And Dude, it works out. what better place to go on Speed City than in your simulator? What, do you, what, kind, of a, <laughs> what kind of computer do you have hooked up to all that? So I have a custom built computer because you know yeah. over here we're we're pretty serious about our sim racing. So I got a 1080 Ti graphics card, got my own custom case, and uh, I spent a lot of time listening. 
Uh, you'll you'll be glad to know our YouTube editor has exactly the same video card, the 1080 Ti. No way. Yeah, I, I know yes. that because he's my son. But yes, he has the, <laughs> he has a 1080 Ti. But it looks like he, he doesn't have the same f- cool Fanatec wheel that you've got. But uh, it looks like he had a cool rig. Well, hey, tell everybody where you are. You said over here. Yeah, so I'm actually located in Toronto, uh, Canadian boy. You know. Since I was born, so um, I'm back for the holidays at my parents' house because usually I'm actually living on campus at university. Mm. Now, talking of his parents, I met Mr. Mr. Mac, <laughs> Mac Clark's dad, uh, um, the, one of the first guys I met. And, and I knew that I didn't know anything about Mac Clark, but I knew that these guys were serious about promoting whatever they were going to sell. Whatever, whatever <laughs> snake oil they were selling, I was buying because his dad came over to the commentary booth, found me out and said, Hi. I need to talk to you. Are you the commentator? I said, yes. And, I, and he said, well, here's the information, and that's my son. That's his number. I said, I'll look out for him. I said, and he's welcome to come over and do some commentary. Well, it didn't take long before he was right there and helping out, and he has been helping both myself and John Fippin out. So the, 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 the clerks are serious. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. you got to have that, man. The whole family's got to be involved on your way up the ladder. Isn't that right, Mac? 100%. I mean, you know, racing at a high level, like you said, the whole family has to be in, you know, whether it be, you know, my father on a day to day basis or, you know, my little brother, my mom, just as much, you know, it really is a family effort. Hmm. Well, get everybody up to speed on your career. You know, I just said you just won the USF Junior Championship here at Coda not long ago, just a few weeks ago, right? Yeah, so that was a big win for us, and, and now we're looking forward to 2023 in the uh, US 2000 program with D-Force Racing once again. We just announced, actually, two days ago. So, uh, I mean, St. Pete's awesome. not that far away. Awesome. Who are you teaming with? Uh, do you know? Yeah, so I'm going to have two team- teammates this year. One is um, kind of like returning. He was my teammate in USF Juniors last year, Maxwell Jameson, um, as well as George Garcia. He's okay. a new addition to our team. How old uh, are you, Mac? I'm, I'm 18. Okay. How did you get started? I started racing uh, when I was about 11 years old in carts. Uh, I think most, you know, young, especially in the open wheel kind of categories, drivers get their start in go-karting. And I I kind of got it from my dad. My dad, he started racing, you know, in his later 30s. And I I caught the bug, you know, 10, 11 years old. And, you know, things have just kind of went like this ever since. Nice. I I, I mean, we've just been talking before you came on, and it's totally relevant to you. We've just lost a Canadian in Latifi, and we've just gained an American in uh, Logan Sargent. And obviously, I'm sure you are on the pulse of all things Formula One because it's of interest to you, whether you're going to Indy, whether you're going to Formula One, or whether you just want to follow racing. So what's your take on all of that? Um, And and finish it off by telling us your hopes for uh, Logan Sargent. I'm excited to see Sergeant come in. Um, I really want to see how he does and how he performs. I heard you. Go, I heard you guys chat, so I'm going to piggyback off that a little bit right before the break about how he does compared to Albon. And I think, you know, as you guys said, that's going to kind of be the biggest factor uh, in whether or not he stays in Formula One, whether or not he's successful in Formula One. But I mean, I'm uh, I'm someone who's rooting for him 100%. It's nice to have a, a North American in Formula One, such as himself, uh, and uh, hoping to see that he'll be competitive. And what do you think Nicholas Latifi should do? I'm honestly not sure. I haven't followed, you know, his career super close since the announcement that he wasn't going to be back in Formula One. So I don't even know what he's up to for 2023. Do we? Do we no, know? we don't. We don't know. Um, obviously, well, well, we spoke to him and when he was here at Cota and 
the talk was Indy, you know, was a yeah. serious option. Uh, and while he didn't know what he was doing at that point, he said yes. And, of course, that led to a room of him, everybody talking about him going. But, of course, there's not many seats left in Indy anyway. Uh, and so that might be a, a long process. But um, I, I, a question for you I often think of. We had, what, three or four Canadians in the F4 championship last year. Um, and I'm sure there was plenty in the U.S. on the road to India as well. Is it harder for Canadians because because there's less motorsport up there? I think it's just a little bit different. Um, as you start to get more and more competitive up the motorsport ladder, like you said, there's not much racing going on in Canada. I mean, we have streets of Toronto, but you know that's road to Indy and, and IndyCar coming up to us. So. Right. I don't know if it's necessarily more difficult, but it does kind of make you a little bit more proud to be Canadian when you're racing amongst, you know, all the Americans and, and South Americans, even Europeans, because it seems like we're kind of few and far in between in the in the motorsport world. Uh, well, speaking of Canadians, um, you get helped out by <laughs> Mr. James Hinchcliffe, don't you? Yeah, so James kind of, he's, he's my mentor. Um, it's through a uh, a company called Speed Group. They're my my kind of like management team, uh, and that's comprised of Tony Calderon, who was a an old IndyCar manager. Um, I believe he managed Paul Tracy back in the day for a while. Uh, Good luck, David Martinez. <laughs> managed. <laughs> An right. interesting use of word there. Um, David Martinez, who is yep. part yep. owner of GeForce Racing, and then James. So it's those three guys, and I'm really lucky to have all of them. You know, kind of in my corner fighting for me. Uh, well, we, and also you've had two people that are uh, close to me uh, involved in your career, one being um, Al Unzer Jr., uh, who has also, uh, you know, in the, has, 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 you know, has played a part, um, but also Scott Goodyear, fellow, um, um, fellow uh, Canadian, and, and also has been your race director at some of the F4 races you've done and F, FR races you've done. Um, so, you know, what about those two uh, cats as well as James? I think it's, you know really cool for me as a young driver to have you know those guys that have driven at a high level and really see what they have to offer to me you know as someone who's trying to do the same thing who's trying to make something out of myself so you know little like tidbits or piece of advice is advice that they give to me it's you know something i kind of take to heart and really try to apply to myself whether that be on track or, or off track advice mm -hmm. hey uh Mac, there's a, a comment on uh, YouTube. Max Godfrey says he's, he's jealous of your rig, Mac. He says, I don't have room in my apartment. <laughs> I play F1 or racing games with my controller. Oh, Ooh, that's, that's tough. bold. That's very bold. That's brutal is what that is. <laughs> that's that's uh, next level. Uh, let's no, see. I'm lucky to have this rig going on. I mean, what's I your what's your go to then? Well, I mean, I'm I'm I've got I bought the computer, but I don't have the hardware yet. So if you've got any advice um, <laughs> for me and for anybody else who's just getting into gaming, uh, but but doing it for a serious, you know, want to see the tracks and want to feel what it's like out there and understand the you know the the cambers and the apexes, <laughs> what would you what would you put me towards? As far as I understand, I mean, it really depends on price point because, like, in yeah. the sim racing world, you can go zero to 100 yeah. so quick, right? Yeah. Um, as far as I understand, a direct drive wheel is the best. I don't actually have one. Mine's belt driven. But, Which one? I mean, it does just Direct fine. drive instead of belt driven. Direct uh, drive, yeah. Yep. Uh, I have a belt driven wheel. I have uh, Husing belt pedals. They're top notch. Yep. I really do like them. So if you're thinking about getting serious about pedals, I'd, uh, I'd point you in that direction. But I'm usually on iRacing. You know, you'll catch me on there, especially when I'm home, like, two three four times a week and yeah i really like stream? using the stem to stay sharp uh, so i haven't been streaming i've been a little bit you know not responsible about that i was before <laughs> about a year ago i was streaming all the time but since kind of racing's kind of gone into a higher gear and i moved away from university i haven't been streaming as much yeah where are you going to school 
It's called Ontario Tech University. It's relatively new, um, and we share a campus with Durham College. So it's mm. about 30 minutes east of Toronto, um, so it, it's fairly close to home. Cool. What do you do in the off-season? Uh, Matt, I'm just about to head to New Zealand, and I wish you were coming. I wish too, man. That's uh, I assume that's for TRS, right? Yes, that's right. Such a cool series. Uh, I'd really like to be there one day. Right now, it's it's all about, you know, St- staying on the sim, staying in the gym, making sure I'm sharp and, and ready for St. Pete, which is first week of March. Because, I mean, they just announced that they've gone from 10 for the winner to 18 super license points. Where are you on that scale? Have you got, have you got any super license points yet? Have you accumulated any? And, uh, you know, that, that these now are things that people think about, right? It's something that, yeah, like you're saying, it's something that you have to think about as a young driver. I believe I have 10 already between my f4 us and fr america's campaigns um and that's just from finishing position in the championship so yeah it's something that you know my father and i and you know the people around me are definitely conscious of and i mean that's a a very good option if we find you know the funding or the opportunity to go to trs it's a it's a big incentive for drivers all around the world is those super license points well jonathan tell them on monday what was announced yeah, well, I, I, yeah, basically. I mean, it's, it's that, that they're... they're they basically the now points. got the same status. They are now uh, FR uh, Oceana. FR uh, Regionals. Uh, yeah, yeah regional, a regional championship yeah. with the FR Championship. Uh, and in five weeks, you can get basically um, 18 super license points oh, for winning the man. championship all the way down to the top nine. Um, so we'll score super license points. And, and what I think is so remarkable about that is that... That's all compacted into five weeks. So you can come back to Canada or the States uh, knowing, you know, uh, what goal to set for yourself. Uh, I mean, if you were, were to win, I mean, you know, the, the, the real mouthwatering headline was if you win the Toyota Racing Series and then you come back to America and win the FR America Series uh, or a, an Indy Light Series or whatever it might be, um, you, you're almost, you know, you're knocking on the door of having 40 points. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an awesome opportunity for young drivers, right? Because that's what everyone kind of looks at is those those 40 points that you need to compete in, in Formula One or, or something of that nature, right? Yep. 40 is what you need. Yeah. Hey, Matt, can you stick with us through one more segment? 100%. All right. We're going to go to break. You're listening to your Sunday night with Speed City back after these messages. Hey, Mac, we are live on YouTube still. We stay live on uh, YouTube during the breaks. So, Mac, I got a question for you. I think it would be great. We've been talking to Logan Sargent, but I'd like to hear from you. You do so much. You know, you've done, you, you have a great knowledge, including yourself, obviously, but you have a great knowledge of your, who you're going to bump into in the Indy 500 in five years' time. You know what yeah. I mean? In other words, <laughs> you, you are racing the kids of today and tomorrow, but I would like to know who you have been impressed by in any of the series you've been in or whose reputation has you know, kind of preceded him and you've gone, yeah, okay, that uh, Kiko Porto, he's, he's the real deal. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I mean, I've got some names. Um, you know, we've had Ryan Sheehan on the show the other week and I know you've competed against him. Um, I know that uh, Jacob Abel, I think, is going down. Um, Ryan's, Ryan Sheehan's obviously going down there. Chloe Chambers is going down to Toyota. And I'm just using those names because they're on my buzz, buzz night now, but Nick Persing. I mean, you, you, I don't know. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I'd be interested to know <laughs> Who you look at as competition? I mean, that's a, that's a tough question because you know, I know I don't pay, that's why I, I asked it just on the internet. The season starts right, <laughs> like you know, it's tough. But I well, mean, maybe, maybe look at who you you've mentioned your teammates, right? Yeah, um, I presume no. you have an idea of who else is going to be racing for other teams, right? 
Yeah, so I mean, it's not everyone is announced yet. But, no, I mean, inside the motorsport world, we all have a pretty. There good must idea be somebody who is kind of well. oh right, he's going to be favorite because he's with that team and he's got this record or whatever it might be. For sure, I think the the velocity racing development, the VRD team's going to yeah. be strong. They were yep. strong in USF Juniors. I think they'll be strong in U six thousand, as well as being uh, Paps always brings a always brings a fight in terms of the championship. So it'll be interesting to see who they sign because that's actually one team that's kind of has a big question mark around it right now. So which one? I mean, I'm I'm waiting Paps racing oh, okay. uh, in USF two thousand. Yeah, because I'm unaware of who they actually have driving for them in twenty twenty. And who's so, doing? Is, is how development involved as well? Right. Yeah, so Jay Howard's in there as well. I think they have uh, a strong driver in Lockie Hughes. He did very yes. well. I mean, he yep. won the F4 championship, right? So and Jason Old has always impressed me. 100%. I'm not sure what his plans are for 2023. That'll be uh, interesting to see. All right, well, I'll throw it out there and you can... <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Max Steppen, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio. Speed City. He could be good, that kid. <laughs> I think he, when was that? Was that last year or year before? He was 18 just a couple of years ago. Yeah, he was. That's what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> Our guest tonight is Matt Clark, USF Matt the Knife champion. Uh, Mac, I want to. We got a couple people already talking on YouTube and commenting and stuff, and they're asking about two questions. They're asking about Ford, and they're asking about Andretti. I wanted to touch on Andretti real quick because last Sunday there was an article that hit the Indy Star. I mentioned it just briefly at the end of the mm. show. We had about 90 seconds worth of discussion about it. And I had our YouTube editor extraordinaire cut that out and put it up as its own separate video. Well, last Sunday's show had, I don't know, maybe 1,000 views. That video has a thousand, I mean, 5,000 views now. Another 1,000 mm. since I the told you a few hours ago. About Andretti saying, what he's, basically what he said was, he said two really big nuggets. One was that the Guggenheim, yeah. not the museum, but this Guggenheim, basically a financial... Uh, Establishment, but backing his... Uh, what's yeah. the word I'm looking for? I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, they Investment. manage funds. Yeah, they manage fund, manage like $300 funds. billion dollar fund. They are involved, yeah. right? And in, they, both, in both the potential of the Formula One team and also building the new... The new headquarters. Okay. Yeah. And the other thing, of course, was that he said, we are still continuing to have discussions with Formula One. And we we might know before Christmas. Yeah, that was last week. What? He said that. So wow. Yes, yes. Thank you, Mac. That's the that's that's that's, your... that's the response we were yeah. hoping for. Yeah, from an eighteen-year-old driver hoping to drive for them <laughs> one day. I mean, I feel like it opens up or builds a bridge almost for for North Americans into Formula One, right? I wow, mean, it's an that connection. is very very well put. Yeah. And the truth is, Michael has his tentacles in every form of motorsport. And, and I find the world of Formula One kind of ignorant. Uh, and it, 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 I'll use a phrase, it pissed me off, to be honest, um, that people like, you know, learned people like Toto Wolff were saying, oh, you know, Michael's done very well in, in America with his teams. And it's like, no, Michael Andretti is in Australia. He's in the yeah. desert in E. He's, he's in Formula E. He's in Formula Extreme. He's in Indy Lights. He's in Indy. He's he is pretty much in every form of motorsport. Well, you know, we're talking about the, the word goat gets thrown around quite often these days. <laughs> Mario Andretti has got to be on the shortest of short lists of greatest race drivers of all time. So, yes. I mean, just having him associated with it, but knowing Mario like we do, he is a badass businessman, and we yeah. know this firsthand. So I, I, 
I will come unhinged if this happens. We are, we're not planning on doing a show next Sunday night because that's Christmas. But if Mara Andretti <laughs> announces before then, we may be on the air. I may be sitting in my studio Christmas at home. Christmas time show might happen. Exactly. <laughs> Listen, Mac, it's great to have you on at this time of the year because you've got a bit of time and you're also looking ahead. But I, I just want to quiz you a little bit. We talk about, you know, I love talking about the juniors. And like I said, I'm about to go down and meet a whole bunch of new ones. Um, but I try to keep, you know, keep my eye on, the, on what's going on in the junior side. But you're racing against them so you tell us um who i mean besides matt clark and we will keep saying your name until we're blue in the face because we believe that you are definitely one of the faces of the future you. and you're proving it um but who do you see potentially as your competition this year and who has impressed you that we might not know you know give us a name that you as a driver have said okay if i'm going to make it to the indy 500 or i'm going to try and i reckon that guy's going to be right beside me I'm going to keep it internal. I'm going to play like the whole, you know, teammate card here. Smart. And go with um, our two drivers in Indy Pro this past season were both very strong. Kiko Porto and uh, and that and Nolan Siegel, Siegel who's yep. now moving up to lights. But yep. both of them were very strong. And I could definitely see myself, you know, hopefully in five years, you know, we're all we're all in IndyCar together duking it out. Well, I've worked with Kiko. <laughs> so he is he staying in Pro? Uh, is that, is that we don't know. I don't See, but I we see, know I that we know anything. that uh, Siegel's going up to lights. <laughs> see, yeah. So Nolan is doing lights with which, with HMB, which is super exciting. So I'm I'm very very excited to see how he does because I think he's going to grab the bull by the horns and and really run with it. And what do you think of Chadwick uh, teaming up with McElroy in Indy Lights? That's that's cool. See, I'm I don't really I'm, I haven't read much about it, but I know that she is doing lights, and I'm I'm excited to see how McElroy does in his second year as well because he put together some very strong performances yeah, this he past did. year. Yep, and I got to know uh, Matthew Brabham because he came and did some Trans Am with us um, in the Trans Am series, um, as well as doing so well in Lindy Lights. So, you know, uh, I, I'm always interested to hear from, from drivers like yourself, you know, who we should be looking at. Uh, and it's good to hear Kiko Porto, uh, Nolan Siegel, uh, Siegel um, as two, two potential drivers there, that, um, and Matt Clark, obviously. Mm -hmm. There you go, three <laughs> names for the future, folks. Hey, this week we had some other big news besides the team principal silly season. Schumacher officially joins Mercedes as 2023 reserve driver. That's cool. Yeah, let me put you in that position, Mac. Well, I, I mean, uh, what would I mean? You obviously follow Mick's career. You feel for him, I'm sure. But uh, not a bad way to end up if you're going to no, be. Not at all. No, he's still in Formula One. I think the door is still open for him. I think there will be opportunities, you know down the line um and the fact that he's still in the paddock is i think very important for for him in his career hey you just never know look at hulkenberg i mean right yeah and and think about it mercedes you know i mean lewis is not going to race until he's 50 i'm sure um but <laughs> but i i got a feeling he might race but imagine putting schumacher under your wing yeah uh, and then having russell schumacher as your potential german you know as as the, as the front foot for mercedes being the german company that they are but also Russell being the new, the, the new big I am uh, and having Schumacher as the great PR and either number two fighting when to be number one. That, you, when you say that, what I think of is if Russell's as good as it looks like he is. He is. Yeah, qualified. Then, then Schumacher could be the Botas to, yeah. you know, because I think that that worked for Mercedes. Um, I, was think, I was thinking of another uh, – oh, dang it. I lost my train of thought. I was thinking of something else you said about Schumacher, but – Anyway, that was big news, or also some big news, because Aston Martin became the first F1 team to announce their car launch date. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Excuse me, we're going we're gonna to see some more of those, and they are launching on February 13th. 
So we'll probably see a bunch coming through here shortly. By the way, there was a story um, by Chris Medland. Give him a plug on racer.com. Give them a plug. Um, saying that Mercedes believes George Russell showed in his qualifying pace to be within a tenth of Lewis Hamilton during the 2022 season. Uh, and that headline hit me because that's no mean feat uh, in your first yeah. full season for Mercedes. Mac, you a George Russell fan? I think I am. Um, I'm actually 50% British. So my dad was born across the pond. Oh. And I think there's some like, I don't know. Mental note, he's really right. British. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no, know if there's no, some no. like, I don't know if nostalgia <laughs> or loyalty is the right word. But I was kind of like, I grew up watching like the George and the Charles Leclerc's, you know, in karting at a top level in Europe. Yeah. So I kind of like idolize them and to see them like actually make it to Formula One and start killing it on the big stage is, is really cool. So I'd say, you know, it's kind of like a controversial opinion because I actually heard a lot of people saying, you know, um, they weren't exactly rocking with George this year, but I mean, I'm, I'd say I'm a fan. Mm, good. Hey, I want to ask you about another big story that came out, Mac. This is the one where Formula One is, uh, talking about their F1 Academy and the five teams that are making that up got announced this week. Did you, are you familiar with the, the new inaugural F1 Academy? I'm actually not. I, I'm going to be honest. I haven't been keeping up my nose like the past like two weeks between like exams and coming home and, and stuff, but that sounds really interesting. Tell well, me about it. what it is, it's they're investing in a series that will give female drivers an opportunity in single seaters, aiming for those coming straight out of karting and looking to make their first step into Formula uh, F4 cars. So awesome. Yeah. So that was an interesting uh, – the teams are Art, Grand Prix, Campos, Carlin, MP Motorsport, and Prima. Yeah, so Those it's all the – yeah, wow. these are the, the F3 and F2 So teams, the idea yeah. being yeah. that they're going to the, – the girls basically bring 150,000, and that is matched by the team or by, by, by the conglomerate, and that's how the budget is, is sought. So, yeah, I mean, a chance to race with Carlin or Prima. Uh, unbelievable. Yeah. I know. That's going to be fun to watch. I, I know that there's the – when we all heard about it, we were worried that, I mean, is this the end of the W Series? But they're saying no, so we'll keep an eye I think on it's that. A better, I think it's a better model. Yeah. Honestly? I hate to, I hate to say that. Mm. All right, we're going to talk about Ford. Not, okay. And maybe Ford versus Ferrari in the future. <laughs> but this is, have you heard this rumor, Mac, about Ford coming to Formula One? No, I haven't heard anything about that. Okay. Oh, man, we got to get you out of Toronto, man. You need to be on the show every week. I'm living under a rock here in Canada. Clearly. If you tune in to Speed City every Sunday yeah. night, you would... You Tell would, Canada. i got to get my news fixed, man. Yeah, i got to let all the Canadians know up here. Let's have the sled dogs out. And Absolutely. <laughs> Lead dog gets the best view. You should know that. <laughs> well, right now, this is purely a rumor, and you know it's a rumor... When the headline says, Ford is not denying the F1 rumors. <laughs> and that's, I, I, Jonathan, you put this in here. I know. It says, I, we do not comment on speculative that's stories. That's the yeah. actual, that whole story is based on that line. But yeah. I still like it. Ah, are you kidding? We love it. I just have no idea if there's anything to it. But, uh, but yeah, when, uh, when Ford steps up and there's even a hint of that. I mean, look, let's face it, guys. With what Drive to Survive has done for the sport, that nothing is off the table, right? No. And no, Ford no, no. has, you know, the biggest history of all. Uh, I did the Monaco story last year, and we looked at the history of Cosworth and Ford in Formula One, and, and I, you know, you forget that the winningest manufacturer in Formula One is Ford. That's crazy, right? Engine manufacturer, I yeah. didn't, I, I think you told well, me Well, because that. during the 80s and 90s, everybody, that's all yeah. they used. Yeah. That's nuts. So. Uh, let's see, the... Um, 
the other one I wanted to talk about was oh I know what it was what I what slipped my mind a while ago you were talking about uh, Hamilton retiring have you heard all these rumors or this little not rumors what Max has said about possibly retiring he's not talking about immediately but he keeps dropping the R word and and saying like he may not you know because he's so young and he's done so much but and we all envision Max being able to fight for championships for another I don't know almost ten years seems like because he's what twenty six years old. And and he's been saying stuff about retirement. No, nothing. But I don't know if you if you guys had heard that. Well, is, he, is his knees giving up or what? <laughs> no, <laughs> he's getting old. <laughs> I, I think he's just realizing what it's what it takes at the top here. How much you know? I mean, look at last season, the insanity of that. So, I just thought it was interesting. Well, let's he was let's ask that. Mac. What are your? I mean, let's look at your ambitions. Where where do you see yourself? You're 18 now. You've had some success. Uh, you've definitely made a name for yourself here in the states. Um, but what it, what what would you what is going to satisfy Matt Clark and, and Team Clark at the end of the day? I think you know the ultimate goal that every young driver has is to be the best. And for me, you know that kind of bucket list consists of an IndyCar championship, an Indy 500 win, because um, that's kind of the path that I'm headed towards. Um, as F1 is kind of unrealistic for how late I started, and, you know how much funding we have, and I'm, I live on the wrong side of the pond, right? Mm. So. I'm more than happy with IndyCar, uh, and that's kind of where I want to go. But I definitely want to see myself racing. I think, you know, this might change as I get older and maybe, you know, start a family or something. But 35, like, I'm a very competitive person. So I'd like to see myself compete until I feel like maybe I'm not at the top of my game. Like, you always see those athletes, for example, like, um, I'm a big follower of American football. So like Tom Brady, right? He decided to come back this year. And as long as he's performing at a high level, he says that he wants to keep playing. Yeah. Well, that, that's the anomaly of them all is Tom Brady at 44 or 43, whatever he is. But, but for Stappens, I just looked, he's 25. So it's, I it's mean, much different. He's sure. going to become the kicker for the Tampa Bay I mean, Buccaneers. He, he's, <laughs> or, or is he looking at it going, because Hamilton's what, 38? Seven, 38, 37, 38. Yeah. So is he, he's going, look at what all I've done. Do I have another 12 years in me? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think it happened. They were literally asking him all these questions. Like the day after the season ended. Well, so. I mean, I mean, not being funny, but every season now is going to be a b- bad season if he doesn't win the championship. I mean, that that is what you've got to look at at, at that at twenty six. Yeah. I, I mean, it would get old. I mean, and and you just don't have. I mean, he cannot control whether Honda stay with Red Bull or Red Bull go through sure. powertrains and do a deal. They one with Porsche fell through. Um, you know, and 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 let's look at Hamilton's career. Hamilton's career has been because of the moves he's made at the times he's made them. Yes, he's a very, very good driver, but is he that much better or is he in the right place at the right time? Uh, I'd say a little of both of those. Yeah. I uh, I got a couple more stories I want to go to, but I just looked at the time. Hey, Mac, you got time for one more segment? 100%, I'm here. Awesome, dude. Well, uh, we are going to take our last break, and we got a couple of stories here. I got one from Fernando Alonso I want to talk about. You're listening to Sunday Night with Speed City. Back after this. Uh, what's the What's the... What's the Fernando story? Ah, uh, the Fernando story is He does this, Mac, by the way. He 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 grooms well, no. He gets young young drivers on and says, Oh yeah, do a segment and then he keeps them. And then I then I no, make you no, stay no, for the no, whole no, show. Man. I got nothing to do, man. It's, I could uh, tell. You sitting there hanging Sunday out, night. relaxed. Yeah. yeah. You're you're learning a bunch now. Uh, what's the, what's be the story <laughs> is, well, you'll get to hear in a minute. Okay. It's really it's not anything, <laughs> it's not breaking news. It's just an interesting little comment. So um we will see what that's about, but oh, and I have a good contrast to that from Zach Brown. So we'll hear that both about both of those.
Okay. Uh, there's your Russell within a tenth. That's right. Um, oh, you did the FR, the DRS zones last week, didn't you? Yeah. Uh, yes, but I think I, I, I like I, I put that's why I keep putting those back in. Okay. Um, because did we, we didn't really. Okay. I'd like to. I, I think it's such a discussion point that mm -hmm. I think it's one that will roll and roll. And the fact that they are adjudicating it currently and looking at shorter DRS zones. Yeah. Um, does make a difference. All right. Well, we'll check that out. Do you, I mean, how much do you. Oh, here we go. Coming back. That was a short break. Hi, this is Karun Chandok, and you're listening to Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Thanks for sticking with us this Sunday night. This is our last Sunday night of, uh, of this year. Christmas will be off next week, so don't tune in. We'll, have, we'll put up a best of or something, maybe the one we did a few weeks ago that talked about all the top Formula One moments that we loved. But our guest is Mac Brown, US. Mac, but, Excuse Mac me. Brown was a UT wow, coach. Wow, wow, wow. Not not the UT coach. And I, I, and I don't even <laughs> like UT. I know. <laughs> Stop it. Isn't it awesome? You don't like UT? I know. No, I'm what? an Aggie. How dare you? I hope you get out of the studio, okay, tonight. Yeah. Don't come, you're not coming with me. Hey, I, I have an excuse. I'm feeling miserable because of my stupid COVID vaccine. I decided to go ahead and get one because I'm going to see old people next week. Yeah, this so. is him being miserable, Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, our guest is not Mac Brown, but Mac Clark. And um, Mac, I was going to talk about what Fernando Alonso said because Alonso threw out a comment that I actually liked because, which is actually kind of rare, yeah. <laughs> he, said, um, he said that the new rules have not yet achieved the result Formula One intended. And I would agree that I kind of expected a little more of, of uh, in other words, we're not ready to get rid of DRS yet, but um, but he said that, and and I thought that's at least worth mentioning because I think I agree with him. I think there could be more to come. I mean, they're they're all just getting it all figured out right now. What do you think, Mac? Uh, it seemed like DRS was a bit powerful this year. I think a few of the drivers were you know moaning about it a bit and saying, "Oh, the DRS is too much." But I mean, we did see an increase in overtaking. Correct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yes. This year, it was yes. like, it was a big margin and that could be, you know, because of the additional DRS zones, because they were bigger, this and that. So, I mean, making them smaller again, I think is probably a change that they will make because, you know, the drivers were complaining about them being too big. Um, so I, I'd agree with, uh, with Nando on that one. Here's what he said. He said it was, it was a bit disappointing for everyone to realize that things haven't changed dramatically. There are at most two teams that can win races as has been in recent years, the gap between the two, top two or three, and the midfield is still too big. In 50% of the races, we are one lap behind the winner. Therefore, we have not achieved the result that Formula One intended to win with the restart of the rules. So. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And my, my, I'd be interested in Max's take on this because to a certain extent, in certainly in the kind of cars that he's beginning to drive, he's going to feel that uh, mm -hmm. in terms of chasing another car and the dirty air and so on and so forth. Um, but I, I do feel that we're getting to a point where DRS... We've designed the cars so they can race closer uh, and we've given them ground effects to do so. But now do we naturally need DRS? Because there are times where DRS, you, you, it's almost inevitable. You know he's going to overtake because yeah. he's got DRS. And it's, it, those overtakes are sort of, as a commentator, they're just like, well, it's, it's like it's waiting for Christmas. I mean, you know like, it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I would agree. Um, the only thing I would say is that maybe Fernando's comment, you know, 
it's a little um, early. I feel like that the regulation changes might take some time, especially the ones on like the financial side of Formula One, like the cost cap. Like, I think it's going to take time for, for example, like for the grid to kind of condense a little bit in terms of lap time with the cost cap coming in. I know some teams still aren't going to be able to spend, you know, that, that max amount of money, but I feel like, you know, maybe in five years, we'll see if, if the rules do say the same, we'll see the grid a little bit closer and maybe better racing. I think the FIA will kind of get a handle on these new cars and what they like, and then maybe adjust the DRS from there. So, um, you know, I'm definitely not too negative on the, on the rule change at all. I think it was definitely an improvement and uh, spectators, fans of Formula One, I think enjoyed it. Uh, a couple of comments that have hit on YouTube. Paul Bryan says forward wink. I think Paul switched from Facebook to YouTube because he missed our forward discussion. Paul, hmm. if you know something, if you know for sure, it's all just a bunch of rumors as far as we know. If you know something, Paul is a, is a industry insider. So if he knows something, you I, he doesn't because he would have told me by now. <laughs> uh, Max says it's jacked up prices way high at Coda right now. That's what Drive to Survive has done. You know, um, yeah, it's just the reality, man. Uh, that is the, that, you know, uh, <laughs> Coda looked so good and everything ran so smoothly because everybody bought the, for last year, just a couple months ago, because everybody bought their tickets early. They sold out. They had a ton of money. Everything was perfect. And, you know, if you, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, because they didn't, the ticket prices were not that high and they couldn't get enough people in and out of there. People complain. Now that the, everything is running smoothly, they're raising the prices. It is just supply and demand. 440,000 people bought them last year at 375. They're up to 475 this year. So, I mean, this is America. Well, and Taylor, isn't Taylor Swift now in the managerial role at Coda? Yeah. <laughs> well, I think, I think the, uh, the guy that I interviewed at Coda, the guy, the executive producer at Drive to Survive, maybe. Also. Yes, this is true. Uh, that is a good comment, though, Max, because it is true. I mean, it, it's going to get priced out for a lot of people because it's a lot of money. But, I mean, I know people that decided to just go on Saturday yeah. or even just Friday. Friday, yeah. even even this year, when tickets were spiking in the $500 range a few weeks before, Friday you could almost get for free. But that's the beauty of the Austin race and all the American races. I mean, you know, I had some friends say, yeah, we, we want to go and see Green Day. Yeah, yeah, and it was a great environment. So we didn't expect. We thought it was going to be at the, um, you know, at the, at the uh, stadium, i.e., the the amphitheater. Yeah. And when they realized it was on the big stage, they were like, "Oh man, we're at a festival with Green Day." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Uh, let's see. That's all the comments that are rushing through. Let me see. Um, oh, I wanted to, a comment to contrast with Alonzo's comment, and that was Zach Brown, which actually is no surprise. The the promoter extraordinaire that Zach Brown is. He mm -hmm. says, F1 will have awesome competition in a couple of years as field closes up. So is he? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I agree with Zach on that one. Yeah. He says, um, McLaren CEO Zach Brown feels, believes that Formula One's budget cap will take probably another two years before the systems begins bringing teams closer and increase competition. Andrew Popolek. Uh, Pop That's Andy P. Oh, Andy P. I always get his last name. Wait, ha, ha, well, we'll see how much parking is. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else is... Four uh, times increase over last year, he says. Ooh. Uh, also, Mac, I mean, Zach Brown. <laughs> I'm all over the board with the first name and last names. He says, Max I think... it's a catchy first name. You know? I know it's it is. Hard, it's hard to get. It's McKenzie. Why don't you just stick with McKenzie? Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Max no, good. No. I like so that. much better. 
Plus, says, I, I think my even though we're all spending in. about the same money, some teams have bigger infrastructure. She said, for example, we're still waiting on our wind tunnel, which is down the road. So as a, as the regulations stabilize, people catch up. I, that will be amazing. I mean, oh, it, I I think that we'll all be blown away by the wind tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here all week. Oh, that joke. Don't laugh at him. Thank Don't. you, Mike. Appreciate it. Made my day. <laughs> That's what I was going for. <laughs> I got it. Tell your dad that one. <laughs> oh man. Uh, let's see. We got about three minutes left. What can I squeeze in here? Uh, oh, Aston Martin on Target. Five-year plan, Jonathan. That was your story that you saw on motorsport.com. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that uh, this is – my only point on the story was Aston Martin have been knocking on the door of becoming the next McLaren or the next big team. And there's no question that with the moves that they've made, uh, both with their factory – we talk about Andretti making moves. Car was fast this year. Well, and, you know, they've got the driver they want. Um, you know, Aston Martin are building their own new factory. Um, these guys aren't, you know, they've got a hell of a mark. You know, we talked about Ferrari being, you know, the essence of motorsport, but Aston Martin are too and have a huge pedigree, certainly in sports car racing over the years. And so they're looking to become the next McLaren. And I say McLaren because that seems to be the obvious, you know, they've got their own sports cars and all the rest of it. And Aston Martin have been doing it in sports cars for a long time. Now they want to translate that too. Uh, Formula One, and I'm, I think they're on the right path. And they've got Lance Stroll, who doesn't mess about. Yeah, I say the car was fast. I mean, it was. What's the times. opinion in Canada of Lance? Stroll? Yeah, good question. We like to see Stroll do well. I mean, you know, he did very well in his, his junior career, his junior Formula career, won at a lot of levels. Um, it was a bit rough there at the start of his career in Formula One, but I mean, he's had those moments where he's been able to shine. And I think as a Canadian, it's it's really cool to see him. You know almost like representing us on the, on the global stage. We, we were rooting for Lance Stroll and we want to see him do well. I say that's the, the Canadian consensus. Clearly, Matt Clark does not have Stroll money because he only has a 1080 Ti <laughs> and not a 4080 That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'd have like the 3060 in my computer. Like, yeah. would be going crazy. And, and multiple Ferraris in your backyard. So <laughs> I, I, you'll love this one, Mac. Uh, Lawrence, uh, Lance Stroll came down to Toyota Racing Series, and, of course, I was unaware of his full background. And we were talking, and I said, uh, so, um, you know, uh, how, how did you get into racing? He goes, well, my, my dad owns a track. I was like, oh, yeah. That's right. We didn't know who he was. <laughs> hey, no, by the so way. That, that track is actually – I. it's in Canada, obviously, right? Obviously, so yeah. It's, uh, it, Mont Tremblant. It's, about, it's, it's Mont a six-and-a-half-hour drive. It's like one of the nicest karting slash car facilities in the country. Mm. Hey, Jonathan, you, you didn't give away my secret, so we're out of time, but Mac – the reason that I don't say join us for the entire show, because sometimes with young drivers, you have no idea what you're going to get. So take, we are it very a, pleased. take it as a compliment. Come on you anytime. Gonna, uh, you can Thank come you. on anytime. <laughs> hey, and best Thank of luck on the road to Indy. Where can we catch you? I believe it's on Peacock, right? It's well, the road to Indy. Yeah, last year it was on Peacock. It was. Yeah, a road to Indy TV. So watch the name. Okay. Matt yeah. Clark, do you know what your number is? I'm going to be number one this year. Number one this year, Numero D-Force Racing. Uno. He is yes, the sir. man, the myth, the legend, the next, Jack Villeneuve. <laughs> That's right. I like that. Uh, yeah, Mac, thanks a lot, buddy. We appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in on the radio, however you did, YouTube, Facebook, all the above. Uh, I said it. We're not going to be on next week. I want everybody to have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, whatever you celebrate. Uh, spend time with your family. Love it. 
And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Happy trails. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Thank you.